Welcome back, everybody. This is Peter Burtnett. And Joseph Staten. And we're coming to you live for episode 19 of True North Talk. And we're kind of starting a little bit of a two-part series here. Before we get into that, I just want to say thank you for, for listening. Um, whether you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you are, thank you so much for taking the time to listen. And um, what we're going to be getting into here today is kind of a two-part series um, we've been kind of thinking about this for maybe a couple of episodes, and we're we're doing it now. We really talked about it in the last episode, though, about doing a little little mini series on on both of our names and our namesakes in the Bible. Um, obviously, our parents both chose those names because they knew the importance biblically of those names. Um, I know that's why my parents. Uh, obviously, I can't speak for you, Joe, but I'm assuming that's why they chose Joseph for you. No, my parents just threw some names in a hat. I mean, there's nothing really. <laughs> they just threw it out <laughs> randomly. Yeah. Yeah. Cast, cast in lots for your name. No, no. They, they definitely had some <laughs> reasoning behind it. Exactly. And so we wanted to kind of, we thought it'd be cool to kind of dive into both of our namesakes um, and really talk about, you know, I guess maybe talk a little bit about like the importance of names. I know Joe's definitely talked about that before and um, kind of had a discussion about that on the podcast a little bit, or maybe, maybe more so off the podcast, but, um, that's definitely something we'll, we'll dive into today. Um, and so we're starting with Peter. Uh, if you listen to our last podcast or maybe, maybe we decided after, I think we decided after the podcast, but, um, so Joe, do you want to, do you want to share the story of, if you remember what happened, how we, how we kind of came up with, with what we were going to do? Uh, do you mean like the original story behind it? I, I mean, because when we were when we were deciding which one we were going to do first, do you remember? Do you remember that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is going to make both of us sound really stupid, but uh, yeah. it's the truth. <laughs> so Peter and I, we like he said, we came up with this idea. We want to do a couple episodes on the podcast about our names because it's. I think it's important that we all understand what our names mean and just the stories behind them, especially if you have a name in the Bible, but. So we decided on that, and we were like, well, how are we going to decide who goes first? Yeah, like, are we going to do Joseph first or Peter first? And I was like, well, we'll just flip a coin. So <laughs> I asked Siri on my phone to flip a coin. And for all you iPhone users who have done this before, you understand that Siri flips a coin, and it's either heads or tails. Mm-hmm. And we said beforehand, we said, okay, heads is going to be Peter, tails is Joseph. So <laughs> we... The outcome was already determined, right? So exactly. no matter what happened, there was nothing else that had to be said. It was either heads, Peter, tails, Joseph. So I said, hey, Siri, flip a coin. And I asked Peter to call it. <laughs> I asked Peter to, <laughs> to call heads or tails as if yeah. that would have some sort of effect on the outcome. And I didn't even realize. And Peter said, oh, I'll go heads. And we both didn't realize until after the fact that calling it would absolutely have nothing to do with the outcome. It was exactly. already determined. So unless, I guess unless we, unless we're unless I'm telepathic and it did and because I called it it ended up being Peter so maybe that's why exactly <laughs> and I think honestly it was the opposite of what you ended up calling anyways but yeah I it think was so we were just sitting there laughing like after the fact like yep. we really just did all that <laughs> and didn't even realize <laughs> like calling it would pick, have an effect all we had to do is pick which was heads and which was tails and that was it but we. You asked me, and I didn't realize, you know, that we had there was no reason to do that. So both kind of had, you know, brain farts on on both of our ends there, uh, and so that was yeah, just a funny little story about how we how we came up with what we were going to be doing today. Yep. So that's that's kind of the backstory, but um, yeah. so we ended up deciding on Peter, obviously. So um, yeah, you can keep on introing this episode of Peter. Peter. Yep. Yeah, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna get right into it. Um, beginning in you know in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, um, you know Peter is introduced as a fisherman. He's the brother of Andrew, um, and obviously similar to James and John, who were also fishermen. You know that was their that was their livelihood, and then and then Jesus comes along, and at this point, they didn't. You know, they, they were, I'm sure, hoping for a Messiah, but they didn't know that Jesus was. But when he called them, you know, it must have been, and I know sometimes we feel it, but I mean, can you imagine actually receiving the call from Jesus physically? You know, sometimes we, we 
you know, and if you're in a close relationship with God, you should feel a calling on your heart to do things often. But, you know, in this case, Peter and, you know, the other, the other fishermen as well, literally had Jesus come up to them and say, you know, come and follow me, drop your nets, you know, drop, drop the way that you have to make a living and, and follow me. So that's kind of the background of who Peter was and how he was called by Jesus. And just for those for those of you who maybe aren't familiar, who just or who just need a refresher in the Bible, um, you know, in the Gospels, as Jesus is going around Israel and you know preaching and telling parables and all that sort of things, uh, Peter was often uh, slow to think and quick to speak and act. There's there's one point right before Jesus is going to be crucified where. Um, you know the Roman the Roman guards come come to get Jesus. He's betrayed by Judas Iscariot, and Peter, thinking that Jesus wants him to fight, cuts off one of the Roman soldiers' ears. And as Jesus shows his compassion, he ends up, you know, allowing the ear to grow back. But that's kind of I think that's and there are other examples too. But that's the best example I think of who Peter is often thought of by people who are familiar with the Bible. Is you know he was very slow to think quick to speak and act um but regardless of that and this kind of goes to show on a bigger theme that jesus chooses us regardless of our flaws and there are so many stories throughout the bible and joseph had his own flaws that we'll talk about i'm sure when we record the the next podcast but Mm, i don't think we'll talk about the flaws we'll just (laughs) talk about the good parts just the good parts for joseph yeah just like just like uh (laughs) my version of of the name joseph just no flaws there are no flaws of course yeah yeah, exactly. This is perfect. Of course not. Of course not. Of course. <laughs> no, but but anyways, you know, even even regardless of the flaws that Peter had, um, and also just real quickly, more background. He was originally called Simon, and this gets into the next point that I was going to make. Jesus said, you know, I'm going to call you Peter because it's Peter means the rock, not not Dwayne. I guess is is Dwayne Peter? Is his name Dwayne Peter Johnson then? Hmm. Something to think I don't about. know. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, exactly. That one just—I just thought of that one right now. I'd, I'd never really thought about that before. But um, <laughs> getting into the point that I was trying to make there is, um, Jesus said, "You know, you're going to be the rock on which I build this church." And so Peter obviously ended up fulfilling the the promise and the calling that Jesus gave gave him and. If you read in Acts, Acts especially, or even kind of late in the Gospels, and then reading into his book, his two books in the Bible, which we're going to be digging into, or really we're just digging into First Peter for this one. Um, but he wrote two two books of the Bible, and he really did fulfill that calling of Jesus to be really a cornerstone of the early church. You know, if you if you look at the the history of the early church, Peter was one of the leading leading men in in the early church and then kind of after him came you know obviously he worked with a few of the other disciples but um you know he was kind of the main the main force in the early church and then after him was paul um and so yeah that's that's kind of a a background on on peter joseph if there's anything that you want to add before we before we get into this scripture that we that we chose for today you know all yours uh i just want to add a point of emphasis that you were saying slow to think, quick to speak and act. Mm-hmm. Um, keep that in mind as we go through these scriptures. And th- the point about um, that you made about Peter being a cornerstone is pretty striking. And I don't want to say ironic, but um, there's another scripture that I might add in here that is, it's just telling that, um, you know, Peter could be a cornerstone and yet he's such a, you know, he's so human as well. That it just goes to show all of us um, how even Jesus' own disciples were fallen human beings and how much God loves us. And yeah, there, I'll go into that a little bit later, possibly. So just keep that in mind. But mm-hmm. yeah, just um, have that image of Peter in your head that Peter Burtnett was just reading. Uh, as we go through this, it's going to be kind of uh, irritating, I think, sometimes to try to say Peter, Peter twice in a row when I'm trying to like maybe, decipher. Maybe Simon Peter, and then I'll just uh, Peter. Or that's a good or that's a good option. Peter. We we could either do Simon Peter, 
when we talk about the the apostle and then just say Peter for me, or we could say just Peter for the apostle and then say Peter Burtnett for me. But I think the first just, option would be easier. Uh, I think I'm gonna go. Let's go, Pete. You'll be you'll be Pete this episode. Okay. Okay. So back to that would be the distinguishing days. factor. Right. Right. I feel like I'm back on the baseball field again. <laughs> Not quite. I mean, you're kind of in the middle of a cornfield, but maybe if you were yeah. back in Ohio. Well, speaking of cornfield, actually, uh, something I was paying closer attention now earlier and obviously now not as much the field of dreams game is happening tonight that we're recording this on august thursday august 11th field of dreams game is happening in iowa tonight right now yeah that's going to be cool I, I might have to tune into that a little bit later uh For sure yeah it just really quickly i can't believe it's august 11th that's incredible time is just moving along i mean we are two weeks wild. and two days away from the start of the college football season go blue Go blue. <laughs> well, well, for the for the big games, it's three weeks and two days. But I think we've hey, talked about I, this a little bit before. Two weeks is kind of crummy games, but it's still college football. Yeah, but I why don't we go ahead and, and get started, bro, with this um, discussion on Peter? I think we're we're approaching a dangerous boundary with rabbit trailing. So a little bit. Uh, yeah, those are all pretty <laughs> short rabbit trails. But I think we had we've had I know, a lot but of short rabbit trails. One of them short rabbit trails could easily lead to five ten minutes. So yeah. I just know how it goes. Let's save that for for after we talk about Peter. And actually, I'm going to pass it right back to you, Joe. If it's if it's all right, um, the first passage that we're going to be reading is First Peter chapter one verses thirteen through chapter two verse three. So I can't Uno reverse card you. I mean, you could. I'll read it if you don't <laughs> want to. But no, no, no. I'll read it. I'll read it. <laughs> so uh, yeah, First Peter one thirteen through two th- two verse three, chapter two verse Correct. three. I'm reading out of the English Standard Version, and here we go. Chapter 1, verse 13. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. And if you call on him as father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another another earnestly from a pure heart since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable. Okay. Not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God for all flesh is like grass and all its glory, like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. Chapter 2. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander, like newborn infants long for this pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Awesome. Mm. So... A lot, lot to kind of a lot to digest there, but the the first question that I wanted to lead with, and it's because this this passage, at least in mine, I'm I'm looking at the NIV. Um, it's be holy, and then you look at verses 15 and 16 in in chapter one. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do, for it is written, "Be holy, because I, Jesus, am holy." So I want to ask you, Joseph, what what does it mean? to you to be holy and what do you think Peter is kind of trying to get across here especially in in the, those you know verses I guess 13 through 16 really uh well first the first question I think is um very good in, in and of itself to answer separately and I think um holiness is something that we are all working toward every single day mm-hmm. but I think there's different levels to holiness so I think first of all, um, I would define being holy uh, in our current world as separating ourselves from the world. Um, and there was a couple of verses that I um, 
you know, wanted, wanted to reference here on holiness. The first one being Second Corinthians 7.1. Peter, are you still with me? Yeah. I'm getting a call from my dad, sorry. So I'm going to restate that verse. So Second Corinthians 7.1. Therefore, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. Um, so again, it's purifying ourselves from everything that contamin- contaminates the body and the spirit. So it's really simply put separating ourselves from the behaviors of the world and, and behaviors of sin. And I think, uh, I also think about sermon that was recently given at my church, um, and references that were made and, and just the idea that we, sh- we need to keep a very short account with God. I think I told you that a couple of days ago when we were talk, just talking on the phone, but it's just the idea that if we're going to be holy and set apart, we should be very cognizant of what we're doing every single day right. and monitoring ourselves and, you know, our actions and our, our spiritual health and our spiritual walk should speak for itself in the presence of the world, you know? If you're conforming to the world, if you have, you know, if your friends don't know that you're saved or if somebody who's your friend doesn't know that you take this serious, then maybe you should ask yourself a question about holiness because um, I think it's it should be evident in every single part of our lives. I, sure. You asked a second and question there, too. I forget which the second question was. Yeah, I'll, I'll ask it. And I think actually... I'll ask it still, but I think I'm I'm gonna add on to that. I think really this this first passage is kind of almost a sandwich here. The bread is kind of the first four verses, and then the last three verses, which are the ones in chapter two. I'm gonna read those again, um, and I think these kind of fill in what you were talking about to a T of you know living living with holiness. And again, First Peter chapter two verses one through three. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. So it's kind of, like I said, it's kind of a sandwich, and there's a lot a lot of, you know, meat and lettuce and whatever else you want to put in your sandwich in the middle between these two, you know, verses. But this second part is kind of saying what that process of becoming holy is and that's ridding yourself and you could really fill in any sin that you want to here you know malice and deceit hypocrisy evil and slander fill in disobedience to godly authority sexual immorality um you know there are so many other different sins that you could that you could fill in there and that's like like you said, Joe. That's the process of becoming holy. And obviously, it's also important to remember that, you know, it's it, it says here in verse fifteen, just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. Obviously, we do have to remember that it is a standard that we can't reach. Um, but we've talked about this on the podcast before. It's a very important. It's very important to balance that between. The thoughts of, oh, I'll never be perfectly holy anyway, so I can do whatever I want whenever I want without any fear of repercussions. We can't live like that because if we live like that, it's that's not how we're supposed to live as Christians. And honestly, I think it kind of brings into question how, how much of a Christian you really are. Um, yeah, definitely. If you look at uh, chapter 2, verse 2 again, um, like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation. I think that's kind of painting a picture of our sanctification process. Mm-hmm. Um, clearly, as you're stating, we can never reach a level of holiness that could even come close to being deserving of being in the presence of God. But um, there absolutely is a process of sanctification, and we should be growing in our faith, and we should be growing in our holiness. Um, you know, From the moment you become saved, you're instantly granted salvation and your works will not get you into heaven but the mark of a believer as first john says is obedience and love for his brother and if we're not obeying god um, if we desire to sin that is a very a damning reality of our of our status of our salvation 
You know, we should never desire to sin ever. There's going to be temptation, but that's because we have flesh. You know, our bodies and our souls are flesh, so therefore we will desire our flesh will want to sin. It will be preempted to sin, but there's no temptation that's greater than we can handle. There's a verse about that too. Um, but we should not desire to sin. And that's, if we don't desire to sin, if we desire to, um, serve the Lord and everything we do, then we will be holy and we, we will be set apart. Um, and there's another verse here I was going to go to, um, yeah, Hebrews twelve fourteen. when I was reading this, getting ready. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. So again, back to my example of do your friends and coworkers and everybody you know, do they know that you're saved? Because without holiness, no one will see God. They won't see God in you. And I just want to make a really quick example too to kind of sum all my comments up. So I was in my life group last night. And funny enough, we were actually talking about Peter in a different hmm. se- section of the scripture. But just as we were talking about the severity of our witnessing to others, and somebody brought up in our group, um, how would you view your conversation with you know a coworker or a friend who is not saved? How would you view that conversation if you knew that the next day they were going to die in a car accident? You would wow. be doing everything you possibly can to to get them to to know God, because mm-hmm. especially if it's somebody who like think about one of your close friends or your brother or somebody like that or your you know parent or whatever. If you knew they were going to die the next day, how would you treat that conversation? And really, that's that's the type of urgency we need to be having in our lives, not only just with conversations, but how we're carrying ourselves, because that like Hebrews twelve fourteen says, is a witness to God. And nobody's going to see God if you're not living it out and being called apart to be holy as, um, as Peter is saying here. So that's, yeah, that's pretty much all I want to say on that. But mm-hmm. it's serious stuff, man. We really got to take yeah. it serious. Well, and we talked about this, I'm pretty sure on the last podcast, actually, about how life is, our lives are like a vapor, you know, here today and gone tomorrow. Um, right. And, you know, that's again, because that we, we never know. I mean, obviously, we we hope and as as Christians, we pray that we're going to be here as long as God intends. And, you know, almost almost selfishly, sometimes we hope that that's going to be for a long, long time. And obviously, I don't think there's anything outwardly wrong with with, you know, hoping to be here for for a while, as long as you're you're living out how God wants you to live. Um, right. Just and so, yeah, just we, like, we never uh, know, though. Just like Justin Bieber says in Ghosts, young blood thinks there's always tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. No, there's not always tomorrow. Yep. Sorry to break it to you, Biebs. <laughs> Just saying, bro. Yeah, it's truth. <laughs> um. <laughs> so did that answer your question, though? Yeah, I think so. And then and then my, my last question on, on this passage um, is, you know, there's, I think, like, eight or nine verses that we didn't specifically talk about here and you know I never want to skip over anything but you know instead of going over these whole verses what out of verses 17 through 25 in chapter 1 stands out to you hmm I guess that verse 24 for all flesh is like grass and all its glory like the flower of grass the grass withers and the flower falls but the word of the Lord remains forever Hmm. Um, and then 23 since you've been born again not of perishable seed but of imperishable uh, that's pretty much the same thing there the imperishable seed is the word of God and God living in us the perishable seed is our own flesh hmm. so you know it's just it's just underlining everything I just said about you know the brevity of life how shortly our life is on earth you know our bodies and our our physical bodies and and our time on earth here is not the end goal it's just not and the pleasures of life i mean we shouldn't strive um to live a hedonistic hedonistic lifestyle because it's like it says here all flesh is like grass and all the glory like the flower of the grass i mean it's just going to go one day so mm-hmm. you know it uh to me it's yeah stresses the importance of remaining and relying on 
God fully. For sure. And I'm, gl- I'm glad you said that one because I actually had a, a different, I mean, it would have been okay, obviously, if we both saw the same thing, but I think it sometimes works out better when we see different things. For me, it's verses 17 through 19, and I'll read those out before I explain why. Since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. And so I think verse 17 sh- talks about how, and there are other, there are other parts in the Bible where say that say, you know, we're like, we're aliens here on this, on this earth, our real home is heaven. And here it kind of talks about that. And I really like, I really like the use of reverent fear because I feel like that's often how we describe what fear is meant to be in the Bible, but oftentimes it's just uses the word fear. And so I like how here, at least in the NIV translation, it says reverent fear because it's not being afraid of God, you know, and he could, but it's not having this fear that, oh, he's, he's mad at me. He's going to strike me down. Not that sort of fear. It's reverence, which is basically respect and understanding. Yeah. God is so much higher up than me, you know, and immeasurably higher. Um, but I, I respect him because of that. I'm not cowering in fear i'm just you know simply understanding god you are your ways are higher than my ways and then i also like i like verses really 18 through 19 also saying that you know things like silver and gold and again it kind of goes to what you were talking about things that were here today and gone tomorrow or that lose value over time um like we talked about kind of off the podcast about about gold you know being being a standard in in money the gold standard um you know, those things at the end of the day don't really matter or also the, the empty way of life. And that kind of goes into, um, you know, like you said, just the, just the sinful lives that we have here on earth. And, you know, that, that stuff is not none of, you know, silver and gold can't buy us away from that empty way of life, but the precious blood of Christ. And so I think that kind of, for me, just strikes home the importance of Jesus' sacrifice and just yeah. how that that changes everything. Yeah, I don't know why, but when you mentioned the silver and gold thing, and just you know the worthless—I don't want to say worthlessness, because there's always something you get out of things in this world, but it's not fulfilling really. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually heard a sermon recently. I forget who it was preaching, but it was about the fact that um, you know the pleasures of this life are not necessarily bad. Like we should enjoy them, but we should enjoy them for what they are. You know. We can't place our, like, we shouldn't place pleasure as some sort of, like, the highest good that there is in life, because it's never going to be fulfilling. But if we view it as what it is, which is, you know, a sort of consolation or um, God's way of blessing us while we're here, because the reality is this life is hard, you know, there's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with enjoying the pleasures of this life, but just understanding what they are not and not thinking that they're going to be this ultimate fulfilling uh, destiny. Like, there's no... It's, that's why people always think like, oh, if I was just, if I had a million dollars, I'd be happy. Or if I had mm-hmm. a beautiful girl, I'd be happy. Or a beautiful man, I'd be happy. Or, you know, if I had a six pack, I, then I'll be happy. Or if I had, you can just name it down the list. But all that stuff is not necessarily a bad thing. It's good to have, a, you know, a, a, you know, a million dollars if you're smart with it and, you know, there's nothing bad about these things, but it's just not like it's understanding the perspective to put them in. And it's not, they, they in in themselves are never going to be fulfilling. Hmm. But, um, I also want to touch on something really quickly because I know we were talking about this briefly. I, maybe it was over text only, but, um, just kind of like to tie an example into the sanctification process. Um, a personal example for me is I know we were talking about music the other day and, um, I will definitely say that like when I was younger that I would listen to much worse music. Like when I was in high school, a lot of the music I listened to was not that great. I mean, even if it wasn't hip hop where it's literally straight up slanderous, explicit music, which unfortunately was a good amount of my music in high school with like working out and stuff, even like a lot of the other music would be pretty bad. And Peter and I were talking about the other day, like I never, I really never listened to worship music ever before I started going to church every Sunday and thank God, um, you know, that I've 
picked up and I actually enjoy listening to that now. And it's, I was telling Peter, maybe you have something to speak on this yourself, but just how much of a difference it's made, like replacing, you know, some of my music with worship music. It's just, again, I think it's an example like verse two in chapter two, like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that by it, you may grow up into salvation. I think that's an example of how you can, you know, grow a little bit, you know, the sanctification process. Um, that's just an example I thought of, but I don't know if you had anything to say on that, Peter, because I know you were saying you've listened to worship music longer than I have. So have you experienced any sort of, uh, I would say growth or change in that? I don't know if I'd really say I've done it for like way longer than you have. I've probably maybe been for maybe the last year or so when I'm driving, I'll listen Hmm. to, you know, to Christian radio. So Um, that's similar. I'd say about a year for me too. I started that's probably a similar time time frame because yeah i mean especially in in high school and maybe the first couple years of college it was a lot of you know that just worldly music but yeah i've definitely found i mean i feel like i have a closer connection to god for longer periods of time rather than just on a sunday morning or when we're recording one of these podcasts or if i'm having a conversation with my parents or my family about about god or other other friends but you know, listening to it allows me a time outside of those kind of times that are set aside specifically for communing with God. It kind of allows me to just kind of feel that closer connection. And when you feel that closer connection, it's going to translate to, you know, when you have an opportunity to to mess up and sin, you're going to be like, you're going to have that kind of poking on your heart from the Holy Spirit saying, you know, that's that's not what you should be doing. You sh- you shouldn't be doing that to call it back to to the first few podcasts. <laughs> oh um, my gosh, what a throwback! You remember wow. that? <laughs> <laughs> you probably shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. That's a that's, that's a major a throwback reference. right there. I'm impressed. Yeah. <laughs> but no, no I but mean, yeah. it's, it, I I was just gonna say that. Um, I think it's just important that we as much as we possibly can, like fill our, you know, fill our minds and our hearts with, with the Lord. And, Hmm. you know, there is something to be said. It's, it's really fulfilling once in a while to just put on a worship song that you know, and you like, and just, you know, sing out to God and praise him. Um, for sure. And just, yeah, it's, it's incredible. So that's just an example, personal example that I've, um, I've definitely grown in that area. And I think that's, that is an example of, uh, you know, starting off not too great in one area. It's not that I wasn't saved, but it's just, you know, realizing where I need to improve. And, and I'm not, I'm not all the way, you know, I'm not perfect in that aspect at all, but I definitely think that, you know, it's every day just looking at areas, um, to improve in our lives. And that's kind of, I think what Peter was, was writing about there, but, um, anyways, I'm not sure if you wanted to keep moving on with these questions, but just want to throw that in. No, there. I think I think that one moves perfectly into the next passage, kind of what what we've been talking about kind of throughout the podcast about I mean, really doing what this what the subtitle for this passage um is, which is living for God. And this is 1 Peter chapter 4, uh and I'll be taking it unless unless Joe has any objections. <laughs> mm, I think I'll let this pass just this one time. All right. <laughs> So again, 1 Peter chapter 4, starting in verse 1. Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves also with the same attitude, because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. As a result, they do not live the rest of their earthly lives for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. For you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans chose to do, living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and detestable idolatry. They are surprised that you do not join them in their reckless wild living, and they heap abuse on you. But they will have to give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this is the reason the gospel was preached even to those who are now dead, so they might be judged according to human standards in regard to the body, but live according to God in regard to the spirit. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. 
Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Yeah. That's quite the passage, isn't it? What's what's your takeaway or two if you want to give a couple? Yeah, I mean, right away, um, verse 4. I mean, dude, it's just incredible that this book was written 2,000 years ago and yep. the, the applicability, I'm not even sure if that's the right word. Is that a word? I feel like it, Appliability, if it's applicability. Not, it Either way, you know what I yeah, mean. Yeah, I don't know what it would be. Yeah. <laughs> the, but the application of verse four in, in this current day, mm-hmm. and I, I immediately think of my time in college and hmm. um, just the reality of what of most of my peers are doing. And that's exactly how I felt. Verse four. With respect to this, they are surprised when you do not join them in the same flood of debauchery and they malign you. But they will give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. I mean, dude, that's literally, <laughs> it's that's so, so true because, yeah, and especially to college age people, if you're listening to this episode and you're a Christian, even if not, but even, especially if you're saved, like, you know how this feels. Like if you do not engage, if you don't go to parties, if you're not going out drinking, going to the, you know, down on campus Friday, Saturday nights, um, you are viewed differently. It's just how it is. Like if you have friends that are doing that and you're like, nah, um, that's not really for me. You're viewed differently. It says they're surprised when you do not join them and they malign you. I mean, that's powerful enough right there. But verse five kind of gives, um, and by the way, malign, that means I had to look this up just now because I was pretty sure I knew what it meant, but it's, it is true. It's people bad mouthing you because you're not going to engage. Yep. Um, which is so true, but you know, they will give account to him who's ready to judge the living and the dead. And I think this idea, this whole idea of like living while you're young and like, you know, not quote unquote, not wanting to, what's the right word I'm looking for? Basically just wanting to live it up when you're young. Like that's such a terrible idea. If you're going to frame it like that, right. If you're just going to do, if you're just going to go sin when you're young, like that's a terrible idea because if you, you know, nobody's guaranteed the next day, nobody. And I guess that kind of ties in with what we were saying earlier about the brevity of life. I mean, nobody's guaranteed tomorrow. And, um, I don't know. I just get really passionate about this because it's so prevalent in our culture, even going back to our music. That's all we talk about in our music is partying, to be honest. Hmm. And partying and sex. And young people need to hear this message and understand, like, you do not have to do that and do not do it. Do not give in. Mm-hmm. Like, if your friends are the friends that are encouraging you to do that or they malign you, then you're not, they're not your friends. Hmm. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with not engaging in that. And hmm. it's so much better for you not to. So, I don't know. That really stuck out to me right away. I was like, wow. Um, that's good. And then, obviously, the end there. You know, whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Beautiful. Hmm. And just one last quick point on this passage that stuck out to me is the idea of dying to our flesh. Mm-hmm. It says if we suffer in our flesh, then so as to live for the rest of, of the time in the flesh, no longer for human passions, but for the will of God, um, that, you know, we will live for the will of God if we're, if we put to death our flesh and that's so much more fulfilling and we don't have to worry about, you know, all the challenges of, you know, the consequences of our sin. Um, and that ties in again to the first part of our study, which is like, what does it mean to be holy? Well, it's, it's suffering as Christ did in the flesh. Um, and ceasing from sin. So there's so much good stuff in there, but yeah, that's what stood out to me. Yeah. I mean, it's, you kind of covered everything. So I'll, I'll just kind of add a little bit, a little bit extra. I think sometimes what, what I know Christians can do 
is it kind of and the way people see it on the outside is that we're stood up on this pedestal saying that you know we're you know people assume that we're saying that we're better than you or that um you know you should live the way that that we say you should because just just because you know the god that we believe in and some book that was written thousands of years ago you know that's what some people use as an argument to discredit it but kind of i mean what it's talking about here living you know, doing what pagans choose to do, living in, in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and detestable idolatry, is that really fulfilling? If that's the lifestyle that you're living, ask yourself right now, is that fulfilling in the long term? Yeah, I mean, that's that stuff's fun and, and good for, what, you know, a weekend, maybe you talk about it for a few weeks afterwards, and then, you know, then when you're, if you're not getting, you know, you know, if you're not fulfilling those those earthly desires, then how do you feel? You know, it's it's it's. I, I talked about this to somebody else recently, and it's kind of like when you have those those highs that depend on. And, and I'm not just talking about highs from from drugs or or you know dr- being being drunk from from alcohol, those sort of highs, but just highs from fulfilling your your fleshly desires. When you're not getting those highs. The lows are so much lower, and let me tell you, that is, and this has been proving, proven in studies and everything, and you could just kind of see without even having to look at the studies, you know, that's why so many people, especially around our age nowadays, deal with anxiety and poor mental health. Oh, yeah. And I'm not oh, saying yeah. that can't happen anyways, but, I mean, like you said, like, like you said, this is something I get passionate about too, because I know that so many people out there are suffering and they they don't understand why, and and by the way, you know, everybody our, has different situations. But a lot of times, you could go back and point to this sort of living. Yeah, and our culture will normalize has normalized mental health as like a oh well, this is normal. So what they want, mm-hmm. what the culture wants to do is they want to promote these activities that cause you to have bad mental health. And then when you have the bad mm-hmm. mental health, they're like, oh, that's not that's not abnormal. You shouldn't try to get rid of that. That's just part of life. Well, no, no, it's not. It's not part of life. It's just not. It's an unhealthy way of seeing the world and it's, it's unhealthy, you know, to deal with these things. Now, would you deal with a certain level of anxiety in life? Absolutely. You obviously will. Of course. Yeah. And it's, to be honest, it's kind of healthy because anxiety is usually what pushes you to take action. If you have anxiety about something, a fear that, um, that's really how our biology is designed. If we if we don't have fear, nothing is going to motivate us to take action. If we're not fear that if we don't fear that we're, we might die, we'd never go work for food or, or you know, um, just like hunter gatherer days. We never go hunt animals and risk our lives doing so. Fear is a motivator, right. but it's it's not a crippling. It should not be a crippling thing. That like you're saying, Peter is mostly caused by these behaviors, and just like any other sin, yeah, or those, they at least I would say kind of even it definitely can cause these things to develop. But a lot of times, like you said, anxiety and and nervousness and fear is, is a part of life. But when you, again, it's, it's, it makes this like scale. It's almost like, you know, you can't see this because we're, we're not on FaceTime, but it's almost like, it's like a wave, you know, you Mm -hmm. just get hit with wave after wave. And then those, those high crests are, um, supplemented or enhanced. That's the word I'm looking for. They're enhanced by, you know, by, by drugs, alcohol, and sex. And so then when you're not getting drugs and alcohol and sex and whatever other pleasures are, aren't godly, when you're not getting those, the drop off is even worse. And so the more that you do that, it's this up and down that just gets more and more dramatic of, you know, having, having these good things that are happening in life, but then you crash after you hit those. And then, you know, maybe, you know, next, next Friday and Saturday, you're going to be back to those highs again. And then on Sunday and Monday, you're going to be crashing down. And that's why, that's probably another reason on a little bit less of a serious topic, why people hate going into work on Mondays is because they're still kind of recovering from that weekend and they want to get back to, you know, living it up and everything. And, you know, that's, that can then affect how your work goes. That can affect how, you know, if you're old enough to be, you know, if, if you're of age to be married and have kids and everything, if you're not listening to this, it affects how your home life is. It affects how your relationship with your friends are. And it just, it's, yeah, that that's why I get passionate about this. And I know you're the same way is because it, it transcends far beyond. It, I mean, it transcends every part of your life. 
Yeah, and it's going back to the initial part of scripture that we read where, you know, these things in life are not fulfilling all the way. I mean, you might skirt by for a time, a certain time being with doing some of these things, but, you know, the irony is that, you know, people that are our age, the reality is, you know, you're talking about partying. Why do you go to a party? You're basically going to a party to, to drink and have sex. That's what kids want to do. And why do they want to do that? Because they want to fill this void within them that they're not, you know, they're more manly than somebody else, or they, they're able to get more girls than somebody else. Or if you're a girl, it's because you want to, you know, get with the, the best looking dude possible. And somehow that's going to make you feel better inside. Well, no, because the reality is if people who really respect themselves, you know, are not going to be in those places doing those types of things. So even if you thought that doing those actions and behaviors would somehow make yourself feel better inside, it's just not the case because the other person who are you engaging that in those behaviors with likely does not respect themselves enough not to do that. And that's not saying that people, people cannot like make mistakes. Like obviously people make mistakes all the time, but you know, it's, it's about, you know, you can't escape the reality of not having God at the center of your life. It's going to be very temporary. And, and like you're saying, it, it leads to, has led to probably the, the, the really epidemic of mental health in our country is not, it's not like a small thing. Like it's literally, I think I saw a stat 30, it's in the thirties or 40 some percent of young adults say they're depressed, hmm. like chronically depressed. Like that is not, um, that's not nothing. That's definitely something to, to consider and ask ourselves, well, again, why is this they, happening? They try to, they try to fill it, especially for like depression with, with, with alcohol and with drugs to try to get out of it and then yeah like i was saying and like you've kind of touched on too that fills them for a little bit and then once they no longer have the effects of of the alcohol and the drugs and even i'm not saying anxiety medication is is wrong or that it, you know it can't work for some people but i know for me i i'll be honest i was on anxiety meds for a little while and actually for for a few years and i was able to kind of break away from being on that. And I've noticed that my anxiety has been way lower than it was before I started taking those and d- during the time that I did take those. So, you know, I'm not here to war on farm or anything like that. I'm not going down that rabbit trail, but I'm just saying, you know, yeah. again, like you were talking about with that depression, when people try to fill it with, you know, even something that's, you know, for, for some people can be a good thing like anxiety medication when you try to fill it with things that aren't, you know, what, what God intended to fill those things, then it's, it's not going to last. And it's probably even going to make the situation worse. And I think as young men, especially part of the beauty of our lives on this earth and what really gives a lot of purpose, especially in my shoes over the past few years, what I've noticed is that some oftentimes the most purposeful things I've ever done is stared my fears and anxieties in their face and overcome them that's what gives our life a lot of our meaning. I mean, it's saying, Hey, I'm nervous to do this, but I'm going to do it anyways. I don't really care. And when you do it on the other side of it, you're always end up proud and you, and you build Mm -hmm. confidence and you grow as a person. Yep. That's, that's, you know, that's that's why I I say this very, very lightly and very, very cautiously, but I, I do think it's true that, you know, a lot of our culture has become quite weak and just, Mm -hmm. you know, giving up at the first sign of resistance especially in men is, is a sad thing. And I think that's why a lot of people, um, just give in to these, you know, you know, depression and anxiety and these things, they don't even desire to improve or ask the questions why. And it's really a spiritual issue. Um, but yeah, what were you going to say, Peter? I was just going to say, I mean, that's kind of what happened for me, you know, for the first 20, 21 years of my life, you know, up until a little bit past my 22nd birthday, I had, I had lived at home and that was one of my fears. I'll be honest. That's, you know, kind of being out on my own. Um, and then moving, moving all the way out here to, to Omaha, Nebraska was a huge leap, but I'm just so grateful that I made that decision because that's something as well. That's, you know, that was a fear that I had and I, you know, faced the head on and was like, God, you know, you're going to give me the peace that I need to be able to handle this, this big change. And, yeah, I mean it, it. It's it's worked out pretty well, I would say. So, you know, and I want to say that I also want to say that you know having true confidence in Jesus Christ as your Savior and understanding your your eternal security 
is the most freeing feeling in the world. And, and, and that hmm. really, when you understand that, when you become saved, um, there's no earthly fear that could control you because I will say for myself, I don't want to die, but I'm not scared to die. Like if I have to die, I'm going to die. Everybody's going to die one day. That's the worst thing that could happen mm-hmm. to me on this earth. So when you put it in that perspective, like ultimately what do we have to fear? Because God tells us don't fear for the next day. Don't even think about what you're going to eat the next day. Each day mm-hmm. has a worry of its own. We're not even guaranteed yep. tomorrow. Like just, I think having the proper perspective of gratitude every single day is what can free you from a lot of this fear about the future, mm-hmm. you know? And just really quickly too, I, and you, you may have something to say on this, Peter, maybe not, but... Um, I think a very, very large part of our mental health crisis in this country, it comes from like existential crisis, which is like lack of purpose in life. And so many people ask that question and you know, you a little bit vulnerable yourself. I'll be vulnerable myself too. Like I asked myself that question for, I'd say really the most that they really hit me was like from like ages, like 18 to 20 ish, maybe That's 21 for most people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, before I got involved in my church, the biggest thing that bothered me um, and it really strongly bothered me was like, what is my purpose? Like, what am I put here to do? And it's just like, I would, I would try to find the perfect job that fit everything. And it was, mm-hmm. you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like this job. I go to the next job or I try to find the perfect, you know, skill to work on. And it's like, I was freed from that anxiety and freed from that fear when I turned it over to God. And I said, okay, what is my purpose, Lord? And he revealed to me, every human being's purpose in this life is to serve the Lord. We are here on this earth to win souls for him. That is our purpose. And when you submit to that purpose, sure, it might mean giving up, you know, your um, selfish ambition of maybe wanting fame or money or something. Because I know when I was younger, that's what I I was deep down. I dreamed of it. I may never have admitted it, Mm -hmm. but I did definitely dream of it. It It's like, you know, getting famous off something off YouTube or something or whatever. Just getting a bunch of money. Yeah. Right. I mean, but when you let go of that and you realize my purpose on this earth is to serve the Lord Jesus Christ and that's it. That is my purpose. And I'm fully okay with that and it's it fulfills me. That has been the most freeing thing in my life. It's improved my mental health. I mean, a million times over. And I think young people as our culture has gone away from, you know, the Bible and and God completely, I think that's why we have a lack of purpose cuz we don't understand why we're here and it's in the book that we're reading right now. <laughs> That's our purpose. Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful purpose. So I don't know if you, have you ever, uh, I'm curious if you ever have kind of juggled that question. I think we all have at some point, but I think we all have, I don't, uh, this isn't to like lessen what you said or anything. I don't think I've had it to like the level that you, that you said that you have, but I mean, yeah, I think we've all uh, dealt with that. Um, I think I've always had a pretty good idea of what I wanted to do. I think for me, it's more about how to live out that purpose, like you said, of winning souls for Jesus. I think that's that's more of the question that I've asked myself, is how to do that. And actually, I mean, unless you have anything to add real quickly, I, I wanted to, to touch on verses kind of 7 through 11, because I think we've we've talked a lot about kind of the bad of what's happened and what to avoid and everything, but I think it's really important also to touch on, you know, what we what we should be doing, you know, because it's it's easy sometimes to look at just the negatives. I feel like that's another kind of side effect of this of all these problems that we've been talking about is people always so many people complain about everything and always just talk about negative things without um, solutions. Without solutions. And so, unless you have something else to add, I want to read through verses 7 and 11 again um, to kind of go over what some of these solutions could be. Sure. Okay. You want me to read that or do you want to read it? I can read it. All right. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Wow. Yeah. And when you read through that second time, after all we've talked about, it, it hits deeper, doesn't it? 
Oh yeah. I mean, and it's, I'm seeing two things here that stick out to me again when you read that just now. And it's, you know, therefore be self-controlled was that self-discipline, which Mm -hmm. will lead, which will lead to be being sober. And another one that I, you know, have really, I really hold with reverence is, uh, showing hospitality without grumbling. I mean, Mm -hmm. dude, how many people just complain about everything? Like that's what I was saying all the time. Like I've been thinking about this at work too. Like people at my, at my job, you know, they'll get told to go do something and they're like, Oh, why do I have to do this? And why do I have to do that? And it's (laughs) like, dude, yep, that really is a mindset. You know, we shouldn't be like that. We should, we should really, you know, it's, it goes back to being grateful and, Mm -hmm. you know, being grateful for our job, being grateful for our life and our health and just what God has given us. Um, but yeah, I mean, gratitude and, and self-discipline and sobriety are, are some beautiful pieces of advice there. Yeah. And I think for me, I mean, again, I mean, those those two parts, I think you're really talking about seven and nine there. Obviously, those stand out for me, but it's it's cool because I kind of see a couple of different things here, too. Just looking over it a couple more times is verse eight. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. I think... You, you can call it love, you can call it compassion, you can call it caring. I think that's something that's also been removed from this world is true compassion and really caring about other people and having love for other people. And and then also I think, you know, I think w- w- write this one down for a future episode because I don't know if we've really devoted a whole episode talking about spiritual gifts and stuff, but yep. as we each has received a it. gift... Yeah, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. So, you know, we're, by the grace of God, we're all giving gifts, and then it, it kind of gives an example of one whoever speaks as one who speaks, or I'm reading ESV now, so we're a little bit more on the same page. Whoever speaks as one who speaks or, or, oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength God su- supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. And I think that's that's kind of the key purpose well what you already talked about really but just kind of echoing that is all that we do with these you know being self-controlled sober-minded praying loving each other showing hospitality using our gifts speaking and serving by god all of that is in order that in everything god may be glorified through jesus christ to him be glory and dominion forever and ever amen that's why you talked about the purpose and you already touched on it but there i mean there it is in black and white that's why that's the purpose for why we do what we do that one verse right there anybody who listens to this episode and is having an existential crisis or anything like that just read that verse in order that everything god may be glorified through jesus christ to him belong glory and dominion forever and ever amen a perfect god created you he created this earth he died on the cross for you He, he was innocent he loves us all endlessly and our purpose is to glorify him because he's so amazing and he, re- he reveals himself every day to us. He, he reveals himself in his own creation. I mean, um, it's it's all right there. And yeah, man, do I wish that more people uh, understood hmm. the purpose of, of why they're here because it would really resolve a lot of pain and suffering. Hmm. Um, so it's, you know, we really should do our best every single day to, to spread that word as best we can. Yeah. Yeah, and then, I mean, obviously we have to be careful that we're not looking at it selfishly, but what I was just thinking about now is that if you're spending time to live out these commands in verses 7 through, like, the first half of 11, and when you're glorifying glorifying God through Jesus Christ, you're not really going to have time to, to worry about all the negatives that you have in life because you're going to be focused on the blessings that God provides to you, no matter how big or small those might be you're going to be focused on living a healthy lifestyle that is, you know, to uplift others before yourself and to, you know, be, I mean, we've talked about this before being self-controlled, having discipline, you're going to be able to just be more, I mean, disciplined in life means just being, you know, having more command over your life. And obviously at the end of the day, we really honestly don't, God has commands over our lives, but when we're able to control what we do, then, you know, God in his, in his decision-making allows us to 
at least feel like we have some of that control. Um, and so, yeah, I, I just think, I mean, this is a pretty incredible passage that, you know, we're living out all of these things in verses 7 through 11, glorifying God. Again, we're not going to have time or even realize really the bad things that are happening in life. Amen. I mean, this is going to be, this is going to sound kind of random, Peter, but I, I know we haven't done this yet, but I feel like I kind of have the desire to like pray over this because I think somebody might hear this episode that it would be good for them to to agree with a, a prayer about this. It's very powerful. Are you down with yeah, that? I agree. Yeah. And if, if, if I have anything to add, I'm assuming you want you want to go, I'll, I'll, I'll add. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm just going to lead us in some prayer. Dear God, uh, thank you for this episode that me and Peter are recording tonight. Um, I know we have a few loyal listeners of the podcast, but you never know who's going to come across this episode, Lord, and our desire is that um, you would speak to somebody through this podcast, whether it's one person or two per- people or five people, Lord. Uh, I know that there's a, a lot of pain in our society right now, in our world. Um, there's a lot of confusion and, and anxiety and depression and these types of things. Um, and it's, it's oftentimes easy to feel lost in a sea of worldliness, uh, to use a little quote from my testimony recently. And I felt like that myself sometimes, Lord, but I just pray you'd encourage, um, anybody who may be hearing this episode, Lord, to, to realize their purpose in this world, Lord, that it's to serve you. Uh, everybody, every single human being with Lord was put here to serve you, God, and you've freed us from the anxiety or any depression or anything like that, Lord, any questioning of why we're here, you have answered that question for us. And it's through your holiness that uh, we are able to realize that. And we just thank you for um, this message, Lord, and Peter in the book of Peter. It's incredible. Pray that everybody listening to this episode, Lord, would would heed those commands of of self-control and sober-mindedness and um, just loving one another. And just pray that you'd speak powerfully, Lord, through this episode to anybody who hears it. In Jesus' name, if you want to add anything, Peter. Yeah, God, I, I thank you for just the words that you gave I mean, really, ultimately, they were your words in the Bible anyways, and we just added a little bit through through your words. I thank you for the words that you gave me and Joe tonight. Um, I pray that people wouldn't think of it as words that came from us, though, but they would realize that they, they really came from you, God. And I pray that, you know, both for, for, for me and for Joseph, God, I pray that we would apply, for me and Joseph and everybody else who listens to this podcast, and even people who don't maybe hear about, you know, these themes in other, in other avenues. I pray that all of us would apply the, the self-control and what to avoid and also what, what we should be doing instead. Um, I pray that you would just help this passage again, even if it's just one person that it touches God, I pray that it would touch, touch somebody. Obviously, Lord, the more people that it touches, the better, but in, in your will, I pray that it would just touch somebody's life and help them maybe realize that they need to either commit to you for the first time or maybe recommit to you or find out more about who you are and what you offer if it's somebody who's dealing with anxiety and depression or if it's somebody that's dealing with a lack of purpose God I pray that you would help this podcast be that that light in in the darkness God and I I just thank you again for this opportunity and for just the power of, of your words in the Bible. And it's in Jesus name. I pray. Amen. Amen. And that reminds me of the, the first part of the scripture we read there um, about the unchanging nature of the word of God. It is the, hmm. you know, the ultimate truth that lasts forever. Nothing else can compare. Yep. So, wow. That was a good episode, man. Yeah. I think maybe the best one yet. Yeah. And I think it's, unless you have any objections, I think it's probably best to maybe just wrap it up there. I know we had a couple other things that we maybe wanted to talk about, but. No, I agree. I I I think that's a perfect spot to close out. Yeah. Well, so I guess I'll close out then. So thank you. Thank you everybody who's listening, whether it's on Spotify, Apple podcasts, wherever you're listening, um, feel free to give the, the channel, you know, a subscribe or a like please share this not not for our own selfish ambition we don't care about the number of listeners or viewers of this podcast we just want 
the message that we shared to be revealed to more people. So if if you're willing and able, please share this episode to to other people who you think it might touch. And that's all for me. Yeah, I just want to add that you know, me and Peter, uh, we we really barely even touched on it this episode, but I feel it in my soul. I know you do too, Peter. Um, the power of the gospel is what we just mm-hmm. talked about, and it's piercing to the soul. It sears, it sears. You know, mm-hmm. the the sword of the spirit is um, it's convicting, and I I hope that somebody that listened to this episode took <laughs> took some life changing stuff away from it. Because that's that's yeah. what the Bible is. It's it's uh it's everything we need. It's the answer to to life's questions. So yeah, 100%. great episode. Like it, Peter said, uh, subscribe and like the podcast. Leave us a rating if you're so kind to do so. And we will see you next time. Peace. Peace out.